Check one, two. Oh, Yay. we figured it out. Yay. Okay, <laughs> fuck our lives. Fuck that. That was so stressful. That was really stressful. Okay, we figured it out. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a devil one time drop. Are, we are we are recording on separate audio lines right now. Yeah, like fucking professionals. We look professional, like with an interface. Like, oh my god, look okay. at how <laughs> professional we look. Only I have the pop filter. You have the you have the big foam thing. It's okay. It's okay. You have to. You're like a prof- you're a lady. I'm a lady. So you she's can't picking see my her face. teeth while she's talking <laughs> as well. Don't you love my British accent? Oh my Her mommy says she's a miracle. Chelsea, what are we doing this oh, week? As if you couldn't tell. Maybe you can't. I because can't. My I British don't know what the fuck that accent is. It's a little bit ill cockney. A, li- a little a bit. A little bit. A little bit. I was only in Oliver ever. That's like the only <laughs> cockney <laughs> accent. like pretty much that's the it. only thing I've ever I done. I mean, that's a Londoner accent. So you're yeah. not, it's not wrong. Okay. Well. I decided for some reason that I would cover Matilda this week. You decided for some reason because we're back to school. Because we're back to school. That's but I've never seen Matilda. So this is one of the first shows that I'm covering that I've not actually seen. Which I think is hilarious because you were like, I love Matilda. I do. And I thought I would have time to like really go find a version <laughs> of it somewhere out there. But y'all... I can't find a bootleg version of it other than a high school. All the performances of Matilda were canceled this year, I'm sure. Yikes. But hey, I'm wearing my Matilda shirt. She's wearing her Matilda shirt that says Matilda across it. It's very cute. I'm so sorry. I suck at this. But first... Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. I forgot we do this. What are you... Because we already did it once today. We did it today. Uh, What are you drinking? I am drinking some tea. It is unsweetened. Unsweetened iced tea. Okay. Right now from Zoe's. Ooh. And uh, and a big swig. I'm yeah. finishing a big swig. We're from, from the episode that will be coming out next week. Yeah. We, or, we record it out of order. Whoops. Oops. Hey, Emily. <laughs> hey, Chelsea. Tell me what you're drinking. I have in front of me the Topo Chico that will ha- I will be cradling next week yeah. in my arms. And I have in front of me, I haven't opened it yet, but it is. Open it. Grab it. it. It's a Lag- Lagunitas Hop. Hoppy refresher it is hopped water, which is my new favorite thing in this entire world. And I'm going to open it for the sound bite. You ready? Yeah, sound bite. Oh, it smells so good. Smell it. it smells like poop. You smell what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's poop. If someone had just had like mangoes and hops, <laughs> it does smell really good. Yeah, but I can't have hops right good. now on this diet. <laughs> Alas. Alas. And lack. Love it. Hey, Chels. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? I am whining about. Not having anything to whine about. That's not a bad. Well, if it's very neutral, unless you have a sparkling wine. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna. This is a positive. This is a positive sparkling wine. Okay. I thought it was gonna be a negative wine, but it's actually turned into a positive. I've been sober for like a week and almost a week and a half, I guess, and I feel great. Feel energized. Okay. Feeling good. Yeah. Feeling good? Feeling, feeling good. Feeling energized? Cannot wait for that pumpkin ale in October, but feeling <laughs> good for sober September. That's how I feel about pumpkin spice latte. Can't <gasps> wait to have one cannot. in October. Oh, I can't wait. Hey, um, Hey, Chels. What are you whining about? 
What am I whining about? Bitch. Oh, it is a sparkling wine that I forgot about earlier. I started taking improv classes again. I love... I'm... I miss taking acting classes. Like, I'm always instructing them now. And especially acting classes where it's the whole point is to be collaborative. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for a improv class uh, from one of the big comedy theaters in um, L.A. And I love my instructor. Um, she actually has a podcast called Why Mommy Drinks. Mm-hmm. Betsy Stover. <laughs> I love that. So it's a really cute podcast. So you should go listen to it. But I am in love with her, and I I'm definitely simping after her. Yes, we can use that term correctly. <laughs> we can use that term. Yeah, we we learned from Frankie from uh, from uh, Elise Mara last week what simping is. Yes. Thank you, Elise, for Thank you. enlightening the old people. <laughs> I'm still six years younger than right or four years, six years. I'm 33. I'm six years younger than you. Okay. Yeah. Half a decade. <laughs> Half a decade. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Okay. Well. You ready for some background? Tales? I'm ready for some damn background on Matilda, the musical. Some damn background. <laughs> I am too. Let's see if I can find it. Um, so Matilda is a stage musical that is based off the 1988 children's novel called Matilda. Yeah. Written by Roald Dahl. Not Ronald. Roald. Rolled? Rolled. There's no N in his name. You know that? No, I, I did not. Yeah. I always call him Ronald Dahl. It's, yep, it, he has no N in his name. It's, it's R-O-A-L-D Dahl. He's just not a burger D-A-H-L. clown. D-A-H-L. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was adapted by Dennis Kelly with music and lyrics by Tim Minchin. And the show was directed for the stage by Matthew, uh, I can't, dyslexia got me, Matthew Warchis. I try to say Marches because of Matthew. Whoops. It had a 12-week trial run staged by the Royal Shakespeare Company, which is RSC if you've ever seen it, at Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, and that run was from November 2010 to January 2011. And then it reached its West End premiere on November 24th of 2011 at the Cambridge Theater, which is where I saw it. And then it made it to Broadway for its Broadway premiere at the Schubert Theater, April 11th, 2013. So the Cambridge Theater, I just want to point out what the Cambridge Theater is like in London. It's in the middle of this itty bitty tiny little roundabout. It's like this super tiny roundabout and the theater itself is um, on a corner. So it is on a 45 degree angle. So you walk in at the, at the angle. That's cool. Isn't it? And that's actually the the show that I went and saw and had my first interval drink at, which is very important. That's why I love intermission drinks. And I had I had never heard interval as opposed to um, intermission before Emily. Emily introduced me to the interval. To the interval. Okay. So it was nominated for several awards and won several awards. So it won Best Musical and Critics Circle Theater Awards in 2011. Um, the Theater Awards UK won Best Musical and Best Performance by Bertie Carville. It, the Evening Standard Awards in 2011, it won Best Musical and was nominated for Best Actor and Best Director, which was Bertie Carville and Matthew Warchis. And then the British Composer Awards, it was nominated for Best Stage Work. It later uh, won the 2012 Laurence Olivier Awards. It won Best Actress in a Musical which was Cleo Demetro, Carrie Ingram, Tim Cox, and Sophia Keeley. It also won for Best Director, Matthew Warches, 
Best Theater Choreographer, Peter Darling. Oh, that's such a cute name. Best Darling. Set Design, Rob Howell. And Best Sound Design, Simon Baker. Which, actually, fun fact, Rob Howell was also the costume designer. He was nominated oh. for Best Set Design and Costume Design. Look at him. And then it went to the Tony Awards in 2013. Where it won Best Book of a Musical, Dennis Kelly. It was nominated for Best Musical. Uh, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Gabriel Ebert. Um, Best Scenic Design of a a Musical, which was Rob Howell. And it was also nominated for Best Costume Design by him. Best Lighting Design, Hugh Vanstone. Uh, Tony Honors for Excellence in Theater went to The Children. Which was Sophia Ganusa, Una Lawrence, Bailey Ryan, and Millie Shapiro. And it was nominated for some Drama League Awards. Some um, It won some Outer Critics Circle Awards. And a whole bunch. It just, it just won a lot of awards. But what I want to point out is it did win Outstanding Musical, Outstanding Book of a Musical, Outstanding Lyrics, and Outstanding Set Design for the Drama Desk Awards. And was nominated for a 2014 Grammy for Best Musical Theater Album. Yas. Yas is right. It went on to have some performances over in Australia. Down under. That's my. I have a terrible. Yeah. I don't have Australian. a good Australian I, accent. I can't keep it very long either. Um, so what I was love like what I find so fascinating about Matilda. This was the Tony Awards where Neil Patrick Harris, I think, was like, <gasps> this is pretty much turning into like Broadway is now a babysitting because yeah. there was just ho- so many kids yeah. on Broadway. Yeah, and they always cast mul- multiple kids, so you'll have two like you'll have two to four usually but for matilda being the lead they had four um i think like once on this island really only had two because yeah. it was less tense for the child but mm-hmm. they because they have to work around actually you know school and stuff but we kept hearing the name birdie carville birdie carville actually played miss agatha trunchbull <gasps> and they are they were with the cast from the original Stratford cast, the original West End cast, and the original Broadway cast. I didn't actually end up seeing it in, in London until 2015. Okay. Or 2014. So I think we were a little far past uh, OG, but just a little it was it was a lovely, lovely, lovely show. And that's all my background for that's you. That's the old background. Mm-hmm. I wanna know the the kids on Broadway. That made it to the Tony Award nominations. Are did they have to work on British accents, or are they are they from London or the UK at all? So that's actually a very interesting question because I think about how they also are casting kids in like Mary Poppins, right? Yeah. Did they have to work on those accents, or were right. they from London? I am fairly certain that they are all American-based actors, and they just had to work on. And accents. they just had to learn, yeah, because I British of all the accents is probably the easiest, and one of the mm-hmm. first people actually learns. Plus, there's been Peppa Pig forever, so <laughs> all the kids know the Peppa they Pig. They know the Peppa Pig. I do want to point out a noble Broadway replacement that you're gonna love. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So Mrs. Wormwood was Amy Spanger. Do we know? Do you remember who she is? No. She was one she was the OG Joby and Elf and then I think she was also in Avenue Q. Yeah, okay. And okay. then the other one, a notable Broadway replacement for Michael Wormwood is Alex Brightman. Oh, Beetlejuice, what a, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. That's right. Beetlejuice and School of Rock. Oh, we, that's right. Yeah. yeah, which we were going to cover, and then we decided not to cover this time. I don't know why we keep we keep not we keep covering bringing it up. Yeah. It's because you're like, I don't know that show, and I'm like, I've never seen it, but James we loves both it. Don't know the we show. Both, I mean, I know the music. I know most of the music, but I don't know 
I've never seen the show. Okay. I would love to see it though. When theater comes back. Just waiting, holding her breath. <laughs> hey, Chels. Hey, um. So you've never seen the show. I've never seen the show. Tell me all about it. I'm going to try. Okay. I am going to, I'm going to try. Can I tell you what the set looked like? I would love to hear a description of the set real quick because I hear they were nominated and won some awards, oh, yeah, I think. Rob did something really fucking amazing with it. Yeah. Um, so I remember walking into the Cambridge theater and I don't know if this is what they did on Broadway, but what they did on Cambridge is, um, they had, you know, those, those cubes with letters on them mm-hmm. and you would spell them out. They had those stacked framing the proscenium and they went and they had books, like books in those, in those little cubes all heading out into the stage. Like, yeah, really, really immersive, like creating this immersive experience for the audience and encompass or encaging them in these books and these letters. And, um, there was a lot of letters that were along the top, if I remember correctly. And those letters were actually illuminated that would later be used in the show. So there was some, um, projection work, uh, and clever use of those letters. I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of projections in shows, but thinking back on that show, I think that was probably my first exposure to projections in it shows when the curtain would eventually open there was a there was like swings there was a trapeze but the set other than that was pretty minimal pretty minimal okay yeah there was a lot of like wires there was a lot of wires yeah i'm sure <laughs> there's uh this show is so huge and it's such a huge cast yeah. and such a big story that we all know and love that i can absolutely see it being minimal and then for the big fantastical parts being not minimal being anymore. not minimal yeah because <laughs> exactly. that's that just makes the the levitation of things and big things happening even more impressive well, like her, her imagination yeah really grow because if you haven't seen matilda the film it is a film but the musical is much more um i think it's it's much more fantastical than the film it's a lot more in her imagination was very kind of like this girl is being able to throw carrots around with her brain, but we lose the inside the, of her thoughts. We, we lose the color. Okay. Of her thoughts. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to do my best. You're going to do great. I've seen a little bit of it from a high school bootleg production that I watched we, on YouTube. We don't live that bootleg life. Um, whoever filmed that, I'm pretty sure you did not have permission to f- post that, but thank you. So I could see a little bootleg. <laughs> little bootleg in my life. Thank you for your, your leg of the boot. Your leg of the boot. Um, first of all, this cast is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the cast. There's main cast, like 15 people, supporting cast, like another 15 people, and then ensemble, little kids and big kids, and I'm sure there's like 20 in each of those. So yeah, exactly. there's a lot of people on stage for this show. But we open on the, or- the overture with the orchestra playing. And then we go into the song immediately called Miracle with the children. There's party entertainers, Dr. Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood, and then you'll see Matilda in a second. My mommy says I'm a miracle. My daddy says I'm a special little guy. So what happens in Miracle is all these children are coming on stage 
And it's a, they're all talking about how their parents basically say you're perfect. My mommy says I'm a miracle. A miracle. Miracle. My mommy says I'm a miracle. Well, I got my face and it's plain to see. <laughs> a lot is happening in this, in this song. All these kids are talking about how they're perfect little angels and perfect little ballerinas and I can do no wrong. I am perfect, 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 perfect. And then we go into a hospital room where Matilda's mother, Mrs. Wormwood, Matilda's soon-to-be mother, Mrs. Wormwood. <laughs> it's like Matilda hasn't actually she been, hasn't been born, yet. born yet. She's uh, still trapped in the womb. She's still in the womb, but Mrs. Wormwood goes, what's wrong with me, doctor? Can I still, can I leave? I, I love this character. I would love to play her someday. She's such a bitch. She's such a bitch. Her. Her, she's hilarious. Uh, she says, I'm supposed to be at a, a ballroom dancing competition, and I've got a secret weapon. It's this... What is Argentinian man who's going to be dancing yeah. with me this time? I just thought that was the funniest thing. Um, and the doctor's like, "You really don't know what's wrong with you." And she walks out from behind, like a, a you know, like sh getting dressed into her hospital gown, and she's nine months pregnant, literally, literally <laughs> about to drop the baby right there. And he's like, "You're about to have a miracle, little baby. You're you're pregnant." She's like, "What?" <laughs> How can I be pregnant? You know, people <laughs> people do go through an entire term without realizing they're I pregnant. Know. I used to watch that TV show. Oh, I didn't know there was a TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrifying. Uh, look, am I fat? Mrs. Wormwood, you're pregnant. And so she has this baby, and all during the middle of this song, this opening number, and Mr. Wormwood walks on stage and takes the baby, and, and he's looking at it, and he's like, opening up the, what, the this? what is this? Where's its thingy? <gasps> well, you didn't have a boy, Mr. Wormwood, says the doctor, and says, basically, hey, you had a girl. And he's like, no, I don't think so. I already have a girl. No, <laughs> or, no, no, I already no. have, I already have a, a kid yeah. at home. And basically, he's like, no, nah, we don't have girls in this family. We only have boys in this family. We only have boys. Uh, he, so Mr. Wormwood, like in the movie, like in the book, he's a used car salesman and a television addict. And dismisses this child, basically, in the middle of the song. Where is he? Where's my son? Ah, oh, Mr. Wormwood, are you smoking a cigarette? What? Oh, of course. I'm sorry, Doctor. What am I thinking? This calls for a proper smoke. What you done with his thingy? This child doesn't have a thingy, Mr. Wormwood. This is the worst day of my life. And then we come five years later, we start the music back up and all the kids come back out. They're like, my mommy says, I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle. My says, I'm a miracle. And then it's five years later and Matilda's a little five-year-old. She loves to read. She's unhappy because her parents don't accept her or they don't want to believe she's real still five <laughs> years later. Jeez. Jeez. So she basically takes care of herself. She has an older brother named Michael who's an idiot. Idiot Michael. And uh, she's just kind of, she comes out, she has a solo. She's like, my mommy says, I'm a little worm, basically. I suck at life and my parents hate me, which, yikes. I mean, her name is Matilda Wormwood. Worm. Well, I guess you are a little worm then. A little yes, wormwood. It's kind of like it would be cute if it wasn't so sad. Right. Right. Exactly. My mommy says I'm a jumped up little germ That kids like me should be against the law My daddy says I should learn to shut my pie hole No one likes a smart mouthed girl like me 
Mum says I'm a good case for population control. Dad says I should watch more TV. My mummy says I'm a jumped up little germ. That's Yikes. that's a new one. Jumped up little. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. You're a jumped up little germ. Fuck you. Hey. <laughs> and my dad says I should. Oh, mom says I'm a good case for population control. And dad says I should watch more TV. What the fuck? Okay. Yikes. Yikes. Okay. So. Good case for population control. Good Let's case. Unpack that. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Oh, woof. <laughs> So the song ends, and it's really sad. And uh, Mr. Wormwood is talking down to his daughter, to, to Matilda. And so Matilda immediately starts into, after this scene, starts into the song, Naughty. A little bit naughty. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. So they say the subsequent fall was inevitable. They never stood a chance, they were written that way. Innocent victims of their story. I wonder why they didn't just change their story. Sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. He's also talking about how he's going to cheat someone in this scene. Matilda is contemplating on what that means to be fair and honest, and her father is not. And so she's like, well, okay, well, why shouldn't I basically bend the rules here and not be completely well-behaved for my dad? He doesn't treat people well. He doesn't treat me well. So fuck him, basically. And that's not right. And if it's not right, you have to put it right. So in the song Naughty, Matilda is punishing her father. She decides to add some of her mother's hydrogen peroxide to her father's hair oil because she's very smart and she knows what that's going to do to his hair. What will that do to his hair? Oh, I'm not going to tell you yet. Oh, man. Uh, leaving. Oh, no, I am going to tell you. you gonna, okay, good. I didn't oh. have to wait that long. You don't have to wait that long. <laughs> it, it actually makes his hair a bright green color. <gasps> and so he puts this on in the next scene and he's about to go have like a big, uh, big car sale thing. He's got some big con coming up basically. And yeah. so his hair's green. So he looks like a slimy green guy. Ew. Um, he is slimy. He's slimy. And I just love, I love the song naughty You can go see it on my YouTube channel. I made a video of it. Oh yeah. Chelsea, you performed this song. I did. I made it a protest video because that's what it is. And you were wearing your little kitty ears. I was wearing my kitty ears. Exactly. Yeah. In the slip of a boat, there's a tiny revolt. The seed of a war in the creek of a flood. A storm can begin with a flap of a wing. The tiniest might packs the mightiest thing. Basically in that song, she's saying, why can't we change our story? Just because we're born into something, into a narrative, doesn't mean we can't change the narrative. <gasps> oh, just like... So smart. Isn't that smart? Because she, all she does is read books. Read? She's you so smart. You should read more books. Exactly. But nobody else is gonna put it right for me. So in this next scene, when he puts this stuff in his hair, he's talking to his son, Michael, about how he can look his best. And he needs his hair tonic, his hair, hair oil. Hair oil. This is the secret to his, this is his secret weapon. And then his hair's green. Yikes. And Michael's like totally not paying attention. They don't know that this is happening until Mrs. Wormwood walks in and goes, what? 
what did you do? <laughs> so it's it's a pretty funny scene. Most of this show is pretty damn funny. And the Wormwoods are there. There's something else. They are something else. They are something else. I I bet you there's people like the Wormwoods. I know I could probably find a few out Which there. Which is terrifying, terrifying, but also 100 percent true. Oh God. Ugh. Anyways, but without people like the Wormwoods, we wouldn't have Matildas. That is true. Bam. Wow. And the author goes, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> With every bad, there is some good, yes. I guess. It rolled, goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Ronald. We move on to the next scene. The next scene? At the local library. Uh, Mrs. Phelps is the librarian. We're not drunk enough. <laughs> Can you we're believe we're sober? Can you believe we're sober? I can't. I was, I was imagining, like, if we were drunk, would we be doing this in a British accent? We that would be attempting, of... and it would be really bad, just like now. Tell me more, please. I want more. In a British in a British accent. We'll see what I can do. That was bad. At the local library, Matilda tells Mrs. Phelps a story about a world famous acrobat and escapologist. An escapologist. Which is actually something she had talked about with her parents in the scene before. It was mentioned. I think she's imagining that her parents were really... And at these, and an acrobat and an escapologist couple. In this song, Once Upon a Time. Once upon a time, the two greatest circus performers in the world, an escapologist who could escape from any lock that was ever invented, and an acrobat who was so skilled it seemed as if she could actually fly, fell in love and got married. Aww. And as she as she sings through Once Upon a Time, she's telling this librarian her stories. She wanted to tell her mother her story. Her mother said, Scram. Uh, so Mrs. Phelps is kind of like a second mother. Scram. Scram. Scram, kid. Get out of here. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Get out of here. And so in the library, she sees a, a lovely young woman walking by and asks Mrs. Phelps, who is that? And Mrs. Phelps responds with, well, that's Miss Honey. She'll be your teacher this year. Ooh. Ooh. Let's talk about the escapologist and the acrobat in so, this story. When that scene is going on, uh, we talked about how the set's pretty minimal, but that's where they had something come down. They had, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like a wall, and they had the escapologist and the acrobat do kind of like a couple's performance while she's singing this and she's watching it happen. Um, upstage and it's pretty high up so okay. she's looking up at it and so yeah there was an acrobat it was a That's it was really a trapeze cool. artist i Ugh. believe it had a trapeze i love that and it's the story is these these two this couple they're very world famous mm-hmm. and they have everything in the world except one thing which can you guess what it is is it a kid it's a kid Aww. which she doesn't feel like she was wanted so to put herself into this narrative of two parents that really want a kid that's what she wants. Because she doesn't believe that she could have been born into a family like the Wormwoods. And then we come into the song, School Song. School Song. We come back into the same theme that we heard before. The My Mummy Says I'm America. My daddy says I'm a nice little guy. I don't know how that goes. I'm a princess. I'm a prince. Mommy says I'm an angel. And they say this a lot. Mom like, says angel, angel, I'm angel, an angel. Which is a total lie. We're all told we're angels and shit. We're definitely not. My 
says, I'm a miracle. My daddy says, I'm a special little guy. Okay, so the big kids are talking, the little uh, and the little kids are talking, and in this song, school song. So you can get able to survive this mess by being a prince or a princess. You will soon see there's no escape in tragedy. And we meet, this is Matilda's first day of school. We meet Miss Honey, who immediately, almost right off the bat, is impressed with Matilda's skills. Matilda impresses her new teacher and is moved up to, and it's immediate. It's like, she says, please stand and do as as much as you can. This is the first day of school for a kindergartner because she's five. And she starts them off with two times tables? I don't think so. Not for kindergarten. Maybe. No, I was learning how to write. I was learning words. In kindergarten. In kindergarten. In, 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 they're doing in times Britain. tables. In okay, Britain. I'm impressed. I'm moving but to But Matilda's UK. the one who could figure it out. She is. And so she stands up and she gets all the way to 12 times 2 is 24. And then she gets cut off. So she, she starts 1 times 2 is 2. 2 times four, 2 is 4. I can't do this as well as she did. <laughs> and Miss Honey immediately recognizes, oh, she's cool. She's, uh, she's got something special. And so she moves her up and puts her in a higher grade. A little child prodigy like our dear Elise Mara. <laughs> And she realizes Matilda can read, yada, yada, yada. And in the song, Pathetic, Matilda is going to be moved to the top of the class with the older children in the song, Pathetic. Oh, that's kind of a negative name for a positive situation. Knock on the door, Jenny. There's nothing to fear. You're being pathetic. It's just a door. You've seen one before. Just knock on the door. So this is a Miss Honey song. Knock on the door, Jenny. Just knock the door. Don't be pathetic. So she's going to talk to Trunchbolt. Yeah, she's going to the door to tell her she needs to move her up. Yeah. Look at you, hesitating, hands shaking. You should be embarrassed. You're not a little girl. It's just pathetic. So she's trying to go advocate for her her student, and she's terrified. Perhaps I will wait. She's probably having a meeting or something. I won't want to be interrupted. If anything, caution in these situations is sensible. One should avoid confrontation where possible. I'll come back later then. Knock on the door, Jenny. Just knock on the door. To be pathetic. Yeah, she's scared of Miss Trunch. She's scared of Miss Trunch. Oh my gosh, why? Well, because Miss Trunchbolt is a child-hating tyrant and also happens to be her aunt. Her aunt, what? right? Isn't adopted. Aunt? Like her adopted in the movie it was her aunt. I'm trying to remember if it's I'm I I I don't remember. Let's find out. Uh, she is the she's step niece of Agatha Trunchbull. So she step is the niece. daughter of Magnus Honey and the step niece of Agatha. Yeah, step niece. Okay, so Miss Honey is the step niece of Miss Trunchbull. 
and she's terrified of Yikes. it. Yikes. Yikes. Because Trenchwold is terrifying. Usually played by a man. Yes. Yes. Okay. I absolutely love that. And she, Miss Trenchwold, is the disciplinarian head mistress and a former Firmer word champion. Firmer word champion in Hammer Thrower. In the Hammer Thrower. Uh, she dismisses Miss Honey's suggestion to move up Matilda and instead lectures Miss Honey on the importance of following the rules in the song The Hammer. Look at these trophies, see how my trophies gleam in the sunlight, see how they shine. The Hammer. So she was a hammer thrower? Hammer thrower. Is that just you throw hammers like a, That's a like, shot put? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw a hammer in your house. Please please don't. Maybe I'll break something. Please don't. Unless it's Thor, then Thor can come in. Do you in. want me to house it anymore? <laughs> you were going to throw hammers while you're at my house? <laughs> while you were house sitting me? I mean, I'll give you the tomahawks, but we have Sweet. to go somewhere else. Sweet. Okay. As I stepped up to the circle, did I change my plan? Hmm? What? As I chalked up my palms, did I wave my hands? I did not. During her song, she turns and walks back to her desk, daintily reaches up and captures a figurine of a woman throwing the hammer. Daintily. Daintily. I don't know if anything Trenchbolt does is dainty, but apparently that's what the, the script says. That's what it says. It says daintily. She daintily reaches Daintily. Up. Yeah. And then she, at the very end of the song, she presses an intercom on her desk. Sing, children. If you want to teach success, you don't use sympathy or tenderness. She throws the baton across the stage, does a jeté to catch it, and points her fingers at Miss Honey. That's hilarious. So she's doing all of this yellow, like the ribbon twirling and throwing the hammer and doing all these things. She's jetting. She's very jeté. manly jetés across the floor. And then ends her song. Life's a ball, so learn to throw it. Find the belly line and tear it. And always keep your feet inside the line. Now get out. What a showstopper. So Trunchbull's kind of like Janet from Drowsy. Because yeah, I can do everything. I think Just like an angry Janet. Yeah, she doesn't want to show off, but she absolutely does. She's showing off. And then the song ends and she goes, get out. <laughs> That's how I end all my songs. <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> uh, and so Miss Honey still tries to convince her. Um, she wants to help Matilda. And she exits the first time I think Miss Honey's ever stood up to her great aunt, whatever. <laughs> Step aunt. Step aunt. Yikes. Okay. Aunt. Aunt. So we transition to the Wormwood's house. Mr. Wormwood is frustrated about losing a sale uh, for his car sales dealership. His was it used because he sale. had green hair? He had green hair, and it was a group of ru- rich Russians. Uh, Say that ten times fast. Rich Russians, 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 rich Russians. She did it. Thank Good you. job. <laughs> all right, all my students, go use that one now. He's he's very upset about it. He takes his frustration out on Matilda by destroying one of her library books. <gasps> and that is like her thing in life is books. But also now she's going to have to pay the fine. She Also that, right? I'm sure Mrs. Phelps will be okay with it. <laughs> Maybe. This is what prompts Matilda to put super glue around the rim of her father's hat. 
and she and he puts it on his head and it gets glued to his head in the song naughty reprise i love that she only does naughty things during the during the song naughty <laughs> i love so. it that my i love naughty just the words are just because you find that life's not fair it doesn't mean that you just have to grin and bear it if you always take it on the chin and wear it nothing will change <laughs> Even if you're little, you can do a lot. And I love, that's my favorite. Okay. Even if you're little, you can do a lot. Okay, I'm going to stop. the most cockney <laughs> Londoner Matilda in the uh, entire world. It took everything in me not to record Mommy. it. Mommy. Why does Matilda sound like a like she's from the like, slums? Like a street hall. Like, how does she sound like Eliza Duerto? <laughs> she hadn't met uh, What's-His-Face Professor yet. Higgins. Professor Higgins. Professor Higgins. You put that one on our list. At school, Matilda. At school. We're back at school now. And Mr. Wormwood, okay. Mr. Okay. Wormwood walks out the door. With his hat on his head. <laughs> With his hat on his head. And okay. he's like, I got my eye on you, boy. And then I'm a girl. That's a thing that they do back and forth a lot. He's like always calling her a boy. And she just corrects him every time. I'm a girl. She wants her pronoun to be girl. And her dad is such a dick. So then... We're back at school. Good. <laughs> We're back at school. And Lavender, her classmate, is chatting, chit-chatting with her. She's like, do all those brains in your head give you a headache? I mean, it's got to hurt. Jesus, Lavender. in there. Calm down. <laughs> uh, she's like, it's going to start squeezing out of your ear because you have so many brains. You're going to need help. I had that problem as a child. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, and then she introduced herself. She's like, I'm Lavender. I think it's probably for the best if we're friends. <laughs> like, hey, your brain's so big, it's going to squish out. Let's be friends. That's why I said to Chelsea when I met her. I was like, I think it's going to be best if we're just friends. <laughs> uh, then Nigel comes running in. He did something naughty. Nigel? Did you do it during well, the song Naughty? He might He might not have. He said somebody did, but he's oh. being blamed for hmm. it. But this line, her knickers stayed stuck to the seat. Somebody poured a, a can of syrup onto the Trunchbull's chair is what he says. <laughs> She's, her knickers, her knickers are stuck to the seat. Uh, but he, he said, he told her that her knickers are stuck to the seat and she blamed him thinking he did it. So oh. Matilda's like, that's not fair. And they tell her all about the chokey. So she learns about the chokey in the song, the chokey chant. <gasps> He's like, duh, they're going to put me in the chokey. And so they tell her, no, no. It's a place you are sent if you haven't been good. And it's made of spikes and wood. And it isn't wide enough to sit. And even if you could, there are nails on the bottom. So you wish you'd stood when the hinges click and the door is closed. So Matilda then sees Mrs. Trun Miss Trunchbolt not Miss no shit that bitch ain't married. She is not married. Matilda sees which you know what fine that's good for you Trunchbolt you live your life you live your life you live you your life Agatha Agatha Matilda sees Miss Trunchbolt spin a small girl Amanda Thrip around by her pigtails and throws her across the playing field. Tell me did, did they really did this one? I can't remember if it was a doll or if they put her on a harness, but I like I think it was a doll. God, I love that. And I, that's I, my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they did something clever with the doll. <laughs> when I saw it in at Cambridge, Trunchbull, you all you could do was laugh at them. 
because nothing they did, like they did everything straight faced. And so like this, this throwing thing, like I'm pretty sure it was a doll. Cause part of me thinks that maybe they like took it and like started hitting it against the ground. Oh, um, and then like this child appears <laughs> like I'm fine. And like <laughs> the reason why she did all that was because she hates pigtails. Oh, that's why I took my pigtails down. That's a reason. That's a, I wish you had left your pigtails I completely up. I would have thrown you part. across the room. Yes, Chelsea, with all your uh, camp gladiator strength. <laughs> <laughs> so she hates pigtails and she throws a man across the room. She thought my mommy likes them. She says they make me look pretty. Meanwhile, Miss Honey decides to visit the Wormwoods to express her recommendation that Matilda be put into an, an, an advanced class. I can't work. I can't word anymore. Word. Word. So as she's entering this household, <laughs> Mr. Wormwood has just left, um, along with a what is described as a lackey. Oh. Oh. And Mrs. Wormwood is there with Rodolfo. Oh. And they're in a, some sort of a strange position when she walks in, and... She says, oh, this is my dance partner. I was like, for rehearsing. So she meets uh, Mrs. Wormwood's dance partner, Rodolfo, and it soon becomes apparent that Mrs. Wormwood doesn't care about her daughter's intelligent intelligence as she mocks Miss Henny and Matilda's interest in books and intellect in the song Loud. What you know matters less than the volume with which what you don't know is expressed. You have got to be loud. You have got to be loud. Oh, these are instructions. She gets on all fours as Rodolfo rides her like a horse. Whoa. Whoa. Nay. Yikes. Oh, boy. Anyway, alone outside of the Wormwood's house, Miss Honey is desperate to help Matilda, but feels powerless to do so in the song, Little girl. No. Stop being pathetic, Jenny. But this miracle, this little girl needs somebody strong to fight by her side. And it comes back. She's talking about don't be pathetic, Jenny. Get on your feet. God damn it, don't be pathetic, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, honey. Oh, wow. I feel like that should be in Waitress. That I feel name. Like it's not a really good name. Ginny Honey. Mrs. Phelps comes out and is sitting on a block as Miss Honey exits. And Matilda is standing on one holding two dolls in another story that she's about to tell. So she tells another story to Mrs. Phelps, continuing the story of the acrobat and the escapologist, mm-hmm. announcing their pregnancy. Yay! Yay. How wonderful! Because all they wanted was a child, All remember? they wanted was a child. In her stories. The acrobat's sister, a f- in the story, a formal, former world champion hammer thrower, loves to scare small children. I wonder who she's basing that off of. I don't know. Sounds kind of familiar, though. <laughs> has arranged their performance. The escapologist announces the performance has been canceled because the acrobat is pregnant. Ha! <laughs> the crowd is thrilled. But the acrobat's sister is furious. She's so mad. And this brings us into the next song, The Great Day Arrived, when the acrobat's sister is furious at the, of the money that they've lost from canceling the show in her, in her story and produces a contract binding them to perform the act or go to jail. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. In the song, The Great Day Arrived. 
And so, the great day arrived. Everything was arranged by... The acrobat's sister, a frightening woman who used to be an Olympic-class amateur and who loved nothing better than to scare the children of the town. So, the next day we're at school and we're meeting Brucie, little Brucie Bruce. Bogtrotter. They have such fun names. They Amanda Tripp. Do. Amanda Thip. Bruce Bogtrotter. Bogtrotter. Wormwood. He's a little kid. He's in Matilda's class, obviously. Mm -hmm. Duh. And he has stolen, just like in the movie, in the book, he has stolen a piece of chocolate cake from the... Um, the lunch lady? The lunch lady. Oh. Oh, my. Go for some chocolate cake right I now. would love chocolate cake. Can't have it till October. Yeah. I'm so sad. So... Miss Trunchbolt has decided to punish little Brucie by putting him on a stage in front of all of his peers and make him eat an entire chocolate cake. Ooh. Ooh. And Bruce is excited at first, and everybody doesn't think he can. They're like, surely he can't. Surely he can't. Sure, maybe he can. I don't know. In the song, Bruce. Oh, cock. What's the matter, Bogtrotter? Lost your appetite. Well, yes, I'm full. Oh, no, you are not full. I'll tell you when you are full. And I say that criminals like you are not full until you have eaten the entire cake. After Bruce has finished his cake, because everybody in the song chants him on, and Matilda helps, Matilda kind of leads the... the the chanting gets, of you he, can do it. He gets a little like uh, he looks like he's gonna puke. Yeah, and they're like, no, you have to keep going, mm -hmm. just like in the movie. Yeah, just like in the movie. And it's instead of just all the kids cheering like in the movie, it's a song, song form. <laughs> Pretty sure that they actually gave that child cake on the West End. Oh, God, I would love that. It's <laughs> so cool. Uh, and then he finishes the cake. And Trunchbolt's obviously mad about that. Damn it. Damn it. She drags Bruce away to the chokey. And that is the end of Act One. Woo. Act Two. So Mr. Wormwood goes out to the microphone, taps on it, and it screeches. And he starts a monologue uh, about how he apologizes to the audience uh, profusely about all the things they're seeing here tonight, a lot of not nice things, a lot of a lot of things that children shouldn't be doing. Mr. Wormwood is is, that, is apologizing? He is, and oh. he, he says, I'm reading it from the script, and he, uh, he says, now, of course, I'm talking about reading books. <laughs> like, that's the thing they shouldn't be doing. And so he's like, come on, come on. Children shouldn't be doing that. Kids shouldn't be doing that. And then he talks to the audience and says, raise your hand, adults, if you've ever actually read a book. And then as soon as all the adults put their hands up, he starts making fun of them. Like, loser, Nerd. you're a worm, bookworm, bookworm, you're stupid. Worms are stupid. You read books, basically. So he mocks the audience. And gets to, like, get, it's, it's a good way to get the audience back into the show after interval. Interval. Until you're, after the intermission after, interval. After I chugged a rosé <laughs> in the lobby by myself. In the lobby. And so he's, he's just railing on the audience and having a great time with it. And it goes oh. into the song Telly. So Telly, if you bother to take a look, is the equivalent of, like, lots of books! 
All I know I learn from telly This big beautiful box of facts If you know a thing already Maybe you can switch the channel over just like that And Michael brings out a television And a, a telly and is a television a in television. Britain And he also has a ukulele Oh, Michael's music, musicianal? He's musicianal <laughs> I have no idea if he actually does or whatever. So, wow. <laughs> so every time in the song Telly, Mr. Wormwood says the word, every time the word Telly is mentioned in the verses, Michael yells out along with his father, Telly! The bigger the telly, the smarter the man. You can tell from my big telly just what a clever fellow I am. Take it away, son. You can't learn that from a stupid book. <laughs> <laughs> I Michael, don't think Michael like, has sings like much. no so like he has not he just is there He's in the show. He really yeah. has no co- contribution to the show other than being a breathing human Which on the stage. Is exactly what he needs to be yeah. because Mr. Wormwood is so proud of having a son who literally contributes to nothing. And he does nothing. nothing. <laughs> and his daughter's like brilliant, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Hale. <laughs> shit. So it's Michael just like We'll play a ukulele note every once in a while and step forward. Good for him. Pauses, he looks down, he plays another note real quick. He's just such an idiot. (laughs) So this whole entire song about the telly is about how you should put down books and who the hell is Charles Dickens anyway. Ugh, he doesn't sound interesting. And you should watch more television because from television you can get pretty much everything you need in life, everything you need to know. That you you can get from a book, you can get on television. Yeah, you can get from television. I don't disagree. This is probably not the best way to learn social cues. This explains a lot about us. (laughs) From the telly. (laughs) We open the curtains fully after telly into Matilda's class, where Lavender, her newfound friend, is talking to all the kids about how she's going to put a newt in Miss Trechball's jug of water. The children are super excited to hear that this newt, which is like a little little lizard thingy is going to go into this jug of water. She turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Got better. What is that from? Monty Python. That's where <laughs> all my better. social cues come yep. from is Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are gathered around her so excited and they bust into the song When I Grow Up. When I grow up I will be tall enough to reach the branches that I need to reach to climb the trees you get to climb when you're grown up. Miss Honey actually sings in this song. Miss Honey sings? She does. She says, when I grow up, I will be brave enough to fight the creatures that you have to fight beneath the bed each night to be a grown up when I grow up. Oh, Miss Honey. Miss Honey. She doesn't consider herself to be a grown up. Miss Honey is saying, I want to be, I want to be brave and whatnot. And Miss Tilda really looks up to Miss Honey. And so Miss Honey kind of confides in Matilda, like, Miss Trunchbull, she really needs to be taught a lesson. And Matilda's like, yeah, because she's been naughty. 
And so we're going to put an end to it. Ooh, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So this is kind of like the, what's that word? The pivot point or the, it's where they, she decides like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to slay the dragon. Slay that dragon. Mm -hmm. So then we switch to, we see Miss Phelps again, the librarian. Miss Phelps, I love her. And she's talking to Matilda about school and asking what it's like. And she tells (laughs) uh, more of the story of the acrobat and the escapologist. Okay. She said, kissing him with the gentlest of kisses. Smile. We have done this a thousand times. And so in the story now, they are bound by this contract and they perform their crazy act, which is... While she's pregnant. While she's pregnant, which goes well until the last moment when the acrobat is fatally injured. (gasps) Along with the baby. (gasps) Living just long enough, though, to give birth to a little girl. Oh, my God. And uh, her husband, the escapologist, has to... er, Invites the acrobat's sister to move in with him to help look after the daughter. Interesting. Yes. How does Matilda know all this? I don't know. But no, she's like... she's. Coming up with it, I thought. She's coming up with it, but this is also a little bit of Miss Honey's story. This sounds this well, right? It sounds, it sounds familiar, especially with that aunt. So mm-hmm. maybe and tell so us more. This acrobat is dying, broken every bone in her body. Yikes! Yikes! And and dies. Has a little girl, and now the little girl is living with the escapologist, with his aunt great aunt in their house aunt his aunt his aunt well it's her is it his sister or oh it's the i think it's his sister right no it's her sister the acrobat sister oh you're right you're right you're right um to move into their house and help raise the daughter there's a lot of family here yeah you'd think we were on thanksgiving right exactly unknown to the escapologist the little girl's aunt is secretly cruel to her, <gasps> forces her to perform menial tasks and abuses her verbally and physically. Oh my God, that's kind of like Matilda's life. In the song, the trick started well. Sorry. The trick started well. The moment the specially designed dress was set alight, the acrobat swung into the air. Wormwood returns home from work, pleased because he has sold his worn-out cars to wealthy Russians. In the song, I'm so clever. Wait, he sold them to the rich Russians? The rich Russians. Did he say rich Russians? Rich Russians. Ten times? Rich Russians. Rich Rich Russians. Russians. Rich Russians. Rich Russians. Having used an automatic drill to wind back their odometers. Oh. 
Yeah, what a jerk. What's an odometer? I almost read it as odometer. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how I would have read it. Odometer. Tell, tell me, tell us. The odometer it, tells you how how far the car has traveled. So the the lower the number on the odometer, the higher the value on the car. Oh, wow. interesting. Ah, isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. Matilda is really pissed off, though, that her, her father scolds her all the time yet he's a cheat and a liar and he's doing bad things and punishes her when she doesn't do bad things like uh, she's not doing anything but he punishes her anyway so she's still so pissed at her at her parents uh this just keeps building and building uh and she tells him she's annoyed at him which angers him and he locks her in her bedroom oh that night matilda continues the story of the acrobat and the escapologist after years of cruelty, the ant's rage has grown, and one day she beats the child, locks her in the <gasps> cellar, and goes out. That evening, the escapologist returns home early and discovers the extent of, his, of the ant's cruelty. As he comforts his daughter, he promises her he will always be there for her. Aww. Filled with rage, he runs out to find the ant, but is never seen again in the song, I'm Here. At night... The escapologist's daughter cried herself to sleep, alone in her room. Nothing can hurt you, you've nothing to fear. I'm here. So he just, he runs out. He, he goes to find the ant and to confront her, but he is never seen again. But, so he runs out, confronts the ant. We don't see it. But then he never comes back. Never comes back. So something must have happened to him. Something must have happened. Okay. Yep. But what happened to him is unclear. We don't know. Okay. We don't know what happened. <laughs> we don't see it. Okay. Well, this is the next day. Miss Trunchbolt forces Miss Honey's class to undergo a terribly awful and I would probably throw up physical education lesson. I would throw up just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. I mean, doing Camp Gladiator, so I mean. I wanted to throw up the other day. And this is, in the song, The Smell of Rebellion. This school of late has started freaking quiet maggots when I'm speaking. The smell of rebellion comes out in the sweat. And Fizzed will get you sweating. So she's trying to keep these kids down. She's trying real hard, Miss Trunchbolt. Uh, she makes him do some stuff because she smells it. She smells the stink of rebellion. <laughs> but Mr. Trunchbolt then discovers a newt in her Walter. In her Walter. And she accuses one of the boys, Eric, who has already riled her during the lesson. So he's already pissed her off. She's already had to call. You know, there's that one kid in class and you're like, hey, Eric, sit down. Sit down, Eric. Boy, Eric. do I. Oh, God. <laughs> We're all teachers here. And so Trunchbolt is assuming, making an ass out of you and Oom, and <laughs> assuming it's Eric, she starts to punish him, which we all know it's not Eric. Bitch, it was Lavender who did that. And so Matilda jumps up, and she's like, hey, you can't do that. You can't, you don't know that he did that. How dare you? And scolds Miss Trunchbolt for being a bully. Ooh. Good for you. Yeah. And Miss Trunchbolt, Trunchbolt, Miss Trunch, Trunchbolt, verbally, abuses Matilda. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. But Matilda discovers that she can move objects with her mind in the song 
quiet. And the heat and the shouting, and my heart is pounding, and my eyes are burning, and suddenly everything, everything is quiet. Which just came out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere. She's <laughs> she Suddenly just gets. She can... I think she's got a trigger, and it's verbal abuse because her parents have done it for years. Matilda tips over the jug of water, and the newt lands on Miss Trunchbull. Uh, climbs up her leg. I can't blame her for not wanting that to happen. So she, but she tips it over with her mind powers. Yikes! Yikes! Indeed. And Matilda's like super thrown back. She's like, "Did I really do that?" <laughs> did I do that? I think I... Oop. I think I did that. Miss Trunchbull <laughs> leaves because she's freaking out about the newt. She's like afraid of these little I, little lizard thingies. I, I, I relate. I get that. Get the newts 100%. I am not into. You don't know where they're going to go. You don't know what orifices they can crawl up into. Mm-hmm. It's What orifices are you afraid it's going to crawl into? Uh, you, use your imagination. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> Gross. So after Trunchbolt leaves, Matilda shows Miss Honey that she has mind magic mind powers that she's just recently tapped into, and it's super awesome, and Matilda impresses Miss Honey once again. Miss Honey then invites Matilda to her house for tea. Y'all, that's against the rules. That is a little kind Don't of... Don't do that. Dicey. Yikes. Don't invite your kids over for tea. Yeah, it's... that's a, it's One-way ticket to jail. Yeah. That's what that is. It's a little, it's a little, yeah. Yeah. But this is a different world. And on the way, Matilda admits that her... This is England. This is England. This is a different world. Uh, Matilda admits uh, that her father is not proud of her and calls her different names and is verbally abusive. Miss Honey starts to tell Matilda a story of her cruel and abusive aunt who looked after her as a child after her parents died. Oh my gosh, doesn't that sound familiar? familiar. How did she know this story? Wait a second. Is she writing writing this story? (laughs) Is Miss Phelps like telling her a little... I think so. So when Miss Honey became a teacher, her aunt gave her a bill for everything she had eaten as a child. Every, Every piece of clothing that had ever been bought for her Everything that this aunt was supposed to do because you're a parent, because you're a, a caretaker for a child, gave her a bill of what she owed her for everything. When you said bill, my brain went to like a dollar bill. Like she's giving me money to eat a, pass- oh, jo- I mean like like a like, piece of chocolate. Yeah. No, you mean no, like an I invoice. I mean like an invoice. Like, like you have to pay this by, he- by this time. Holy shit. Right? And forced her to sign a contract where Miss Honey was supposed to pay it all back. And she was obviously desperate to get out of that situation. So Miss Honey ran off and found refuge in an old farm shed, which she moved into and lives in abject poverty. Huh. Cool. Farm shed for the win. It's like a tiny house, except dirtier. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like Miss Honey probably made it super cute. She did. Like in the movie, I'm sure it's like full of flowers and shit. Uh, So despite all of this terrible stuff that happened, Miss Funny... Miss Funny, Miss Honey, finds so beauty. super, super, <laughs> super. We can't fucking talk. Oh Lord, you're tired. That's what this I, is. I think this, this is the second episode today. Yeah, we're just yeah. tired. Miss Honey, although she's poor as fuck, 
sings about her trash house. Her trash house. <laughs> in the song, My House. Which is a great song. I actually really like My trash song. house. My trash house. Jesus. On this trash house life. Oh my God. <laughs> Flipping trash? Ah, flipping trash. This roof keeps me dry when the rain falls. This door helps to keep the cold at bay. On this floor I can stand on my own two feet. I know that everything I need is in here. It isn't much. But it is enough for me It isn't much But it is enough For me Oh god, okay, so As Miss Honey tells her story She produces the scarf shows it to Matilda and Matilda recognizes it as the same scarf from her story of the acrobat and the escapologist. She realizes it's a true story of Miss Honey's childhood that she has written. How did she even know to do that? Her and that her already, wicked, huh? I was like, her brain's already working so hard. She's just working so hard. She's reading people's minds now. Yeah. Like, telepathy, I guess from somebody she didn't even know. Telekinesis, Tele telepathy. They both have tele in the front tele of the word. What's telephone. The, telephone. She's played telephone with Miss Honey's mind. Television. <laughs> ah, ah. Wait. Everything is telly. Wait, there's there's a tele, theme tele, here. Tele. Oh my and, god. And and the author goes, uh-huh. 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 Yeah, I yeah, totally okay. that. Cool. Yeah. Telly is the theme. It's a motif. Within realizing that this story that she's come up with is Miss Honey's life, she also realizes that her wicked aunt is Miss Trunchbull. Can I just imagine this child, like you pull out your favorite hat and a child that you teach goes, oh my God, I know that hat. I wrote about it in a story that is a lot like your life. Don't you believe me? That hat's the same exact hat. Would you believe them? Or would you be like, you're just, uh, I would be you like, just you're just an imaginative hat. child. Can I, can I have your hat? I think it's, I think it's a me. <laughs> it means I'm supposed to own it. So back at school. Miss Trunchbolt forces the children to take a spelling test, which is what you would have to do in school. Anyway, I don't know a why. Spelling test? Spelling test. So she really does like torture. She does, because anybody who misspells a word is going to get into the choking. Oh, fuck. Uh -oh. I would be dead already. <laughs> I would be super dead. <laughs> spell check. Yikes. Uh, the children fail to misspell a single effing word. Wow. So Miss Trunchbolt gets pissed and invents a word in order to punish Miss Lavender. What's the word? Um, oh, amkelacaminal synopatosis timinosis. It's like a really fucking long word. Can you say that one more time? Nope, cannot. Is it amchella or amkella? Am amkelacaminal septicanus tim timosis. Septicanus timosis. I have never seen that I've word before. Never in my seen that life. word either. It must be like a, like a. So she sends her to the choke. I think she no. It's a made up word. It's just made up. Oh, it's just made up. Made up. Like Google search it. And then, she starts to drag Lavender by the wrist to the chokey. But before they get too far, Nigel stands up on his desk, and says, "Cat, C A F, cat, got it wrong." 
Put me in the chokey too. So this is like a whole yeah yeah. This is like a whole um, revolt. Revolt. And they all start spelling easy words incorrectly. They all stand on their desk. They are like dead poet societying the hell out of this scene. Yes. Do you get that? No. Oh no. I'm she- sure it was a reference from Family Guy. Shut up, Meg. Miss Trenchbolt has built. Many more chokies, apparently. Oh, so she just has a, okay, like uh, a herd of chokies. Yeah, she has a bunch of chokies. Now she's like, no problem, I'll send you all to the chokies. But Matilda starts to use her powers to write on the blackboard and convinces Miss Trunchbull that there is a ghost, the ghost of Miss Honey's father, demanding that she give back her daughter's house or he will get her in the song Chalk Writing. Trunchbull runs from the school screaming because she's terrified of newts and ghosts, apparently. Oh, I think Miss Honey did say that to Matilda earlier. It was like, she hates ghosts. She well, hates she's scared spirits. of. She's, she just hates ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts and creepy crawlies. Uh, so then they start singing Revolting Children, which is such a great song. We are revolting Children. Da, 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 da. Revolting Children children and like when they're at the schoolyard and some of these uh, scenes with just the kids mm-hmm. um, the Cambridge theater had swings hanging from the fly yes. system and I think during revolting like these swings kind of like the Hades town Tony uh, performance where they had the lights hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. they had those controlled swings like the older kids and the younger kids and yes. they would sometimes be facing uh, profile to the audience. Sometimes they'd be facing to the audience. And I think during the song they had kids literally on their stomachs, like swinging out in front of the audience. Oh, like, I over like them. that. If I remember correctly. I got it. Wish I could be in this correctly. show. Sounds fun. You could be one of the small children. So that's revolting children is like the big number of act two. And then it ends with a bang and the theater showered with confetti. Yes. I do not want to be that person cleaning up after the confetti. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cleaning confetti sucks. Yeah. It just, I know you've had to a few times. And with like soap, mm-hmm. uh, soap, soap bubbles all over it. Super bears. It was Oof, terrible. Gross. That sounds terrible. And then the kids trying to get clean on the stage and get it. It was, <laughs> it was quite something. Oh, boy. <laughs> So we transition after the big confetti pop to Oop. the library, which how do you, how do you not end the show right there? I'm, I'm sure I know they have to wrap it up. They do. They have to wrap it up, wrap it up like I am right now. Wrap it up. They transition to the library where Miss Honey and Miss Phelps relay the aftermath of the events of what just happened. So Trunchbolt is gone. Cause she ran and away because of the She ghost. ran away because of the ghost. She ran away. She's gone. Miss Honey. That was so easy. <laughs> I know. Um, and so Mrs. Phelps opens it up by saying, a few days later, Miss Honey received a letter from a solicitor. Her parents' will had mysteriously turned up. And she oh. was now the owner of a beautiful old house, which had, up until that moment, been owned by the evil aunt, Agatha, Agatha. Trunchball. And she moved in immediately. She was very, very happy. 
And Miss Honey talks about how Miss Trenchbolt just kind of disappeared and Miss Honey took over as headmistress. And she just abandoned her trash house? Trash house. She abandons the trash house. Aww. She gets all of her parents' money, their house, moves back in, takes over Trenchbolt's job, becomes a new headmistress, and Matilda cannot use her powers again. And Miss Honey is sad. She's very sad that the child who has helped others this way is stuck in an unloving home. Aw. I know. And at that moment, the Wormwoods come rushing into the library, grabbing Matilda by the arm and trying to drag her off because the Russian mafia is after them. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> he sold them those terrible cars. Oh, my God. And they're moving to Spain. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of nice. Like, Miss Honey knows Matilda's background. She knows that these people are not good for her. If she goes off to Spain, Matilda's not going to thrive the same way she can thrive with Miss Honey here, wherever she is. And so what does Miss Honey do? Miss Honey says, hey, can I, like, have your child? <laughs> <laughs> can I have Can um, I have it? Excuse me, but can I please I have your child? It. I would like Matilda, please. And Matilda's, of course, all over it. She's like, Yes! Please. Yes, please. Yes, Quinn. I've had these adoption papers written up forever. Please sign them. (laughs) That's what happens in the movie. I assume it happens here because it's fucking hilarious. She says, I would like to adopt Matilda. And the parents at first are like, huh? (laughs) Eh? Uh, But the Russian mafia actually arrives before the decision can be made. Sergei, the head of the Russian mafia, is impressed and moved by Matilda's intellect and respect. And he agrees Duh, duh, duh. So like Matilda goes up to him and is like, you shouldn't arrest this man or like. Yeah. And she's, I think she, does she speak to him in Russian? Oh no, she, she speaks to him in English, but they're actually speaking in Russian. It is written out in Russian. Yes. Wow. Can you read that for me? In In the song, this little girl reprise. So the Russian mafia is impressed by Matilda's intellect and uh, the head uh, guy. He's impressed and he agrees not to harm, harm the Wormwoods. Hermed weird words, providing that he never has to deal with Mr. Wormwood ever again. Mr. Wormwood, happy that he doesn't have to deal with the Russian mafia anymore, agrees to let Matilda live with Miss Honey. In the song, When I Grow Up, reprise slash naughty reprise. Then at the very end of the song, Miss Trunchbolt comes on stage, across the stage, glides across the stage Maggots. angrily, and she says, Maggots! Sometimes you have to be a little bit Maggots! Naughty! Boom. And that's Matilda. Chelsea, that was so good. Do you want to go see the show now? Like I for really, realsies? really do. Isn't it cute? I'm imagining it all in my head and I want to see it. With all the acrobats. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely a little, um, from the movie, from what I remember from the movie, there's some more scenes like where they go and they fuck with her house to make her think that there's ghosts following her. Yeah. So like that ghosty thing is so short in this this musical, but I like yeah. it. Yeah, like the resolve is so late that you spend a lot of time... You spend a lot of time in Matilda's imagination. That's why I said, like, the movie really kind of pulls out the color. Yeah. Where the musical has a lot more color in it. You might say that Trunchbull had popped off <laughs> towards. Is this a youth the term? End. This is a youth term that I've looked up. <sighs> Tell us <laughs> so what pop off means. Because we're going back to school, and after Elise. <laughs> 
inspired us with the youth term from last week. I asked, simped. Simped was the youth we term. Simping. So I asked her. I asked. I asked on my Instagram uh, for the youths to send us any youth vernacular, and we have received some words that we have looked up. So I haven't actually looked up the words in the world of like the youths and how they would say dictionary, but I looked it up on urban dictionary. Yes. So our first word is pop off. I guess it's a phrase. (laughs) And that term means to go crazy. When you pop off, you do really well in a video game, rant, argument, or school. It's used all the time during casual talk and can hint that they want you to calm down. So I have used this word a lot. I've never though, heard this term. Which I think is hilarious because I usually have to have this conversation, or I used to. Sometimes people would start to personally attack you and you'd be like, you don't need to pop off at me right now. Pull it back. Ooh. So um, popular people use this term loosely and it's hard to precisely define it as Urban Dictionary says. Here's, you want to hear it in a sentence? I would love to hear it as a sentence. Damn, Kiera, you're you're popping off pop off pop off on me then oh my god (laughs) i love how your is spelled wrong too oh gross come on (laughs) but there's some other definitions you want to hear some other definitions for pop off yeah another one is to work it or slay Ooh, just absolutely destroy the game oh those I, shoes pop off. So nope. here's here's your uh, conversation, your example com- conversation. Sees Jessica's fire Instagram selfie. Comments, yes, queen, pop off. Furiously. That's how uh, I compliment people. <laughs> I usually just go, yes, queen. And um, I didn't know there's more I could add. Yes, pop off. Pop off. I'm going to use that on my Instagram and I'm going to be so to popular. Slay. Can I be a popular it's girl? Popular people use it loosely. Oh, I'm very loose with how I use the word pop off now. <laughs> okay. Now that I feel ed- ed- educated. pop off up. Let's go ahead and simp after the people who actually support <laughs> us. You ready? We would like to thank our supporters on Patreon. <laughs> I simp after you all so hard. Simp- We're simping so We're hard simping for you. so hard. You can pop off. Um, which is... Includes Noah, Brandon, Sydney, Allison, Victoria, Mama Hardy, Mama Keen, Mama Lang, and Andy. <laughs> Chelsea's losing her mind. You just want to simp after them all the time. <laughs> oh, these words are so dumb. <laughs> Sorry. If you want us to simp after you, is it after you? Simp I, you? I'm going to simp you. <laughs> you can join us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash wines and dolls where you get all the bloopers and crazy things I made Chelsea edit out of this podcast in <laughs> act two. If you would like to sport around our swag and support us in that way, you can find our swagger at that's a, that's a youth term, I think, that are fire at www.zazzle.com slash wines underscore and underscore dolls underscore swag. She is crying. You wear our swag. You will pop off. (laughs) I take so much pride in not being cool. Our swag pops off. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please press subscribe. Or if you didn't enjoy this episode, please press subscribe. Anywhere you're listening. Chelsea, that's not how you use that word. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please press subscribe anywhere you're listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you felt like you had a five-star experience, please scroll down to the bottom and leave us a five-star review and leave us a little note. We love to hear them. They will also, it will also help us in the algorithm on Apple Podcasts. So we please, please, please do that. If you didn't like the platform you're listening on, that's okay because we have other platforms. We're on all the platforms to listen to. We pop off there too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do have a listener so coming up soon. So if you would like to send us your stories, you can email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or you can submit them via our link in bio. Please follow us on all the social medias at Wines and Dolls, where we post all the episode reveals and pictures or videos that we mention in episodes. And with that, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Emily. And this has been Wines and Dolls. Music on this episode can be found on Spotify.com by searching Matilda the Musical, original London cast recording released in 2011 by RSC Enterprise Limited, and Matilda the Musical, original Broadway cast recording released in 2013 by Broadway Records, Yellow Sound Label.